You know, um, I, I like having deadlines. Um, I actually was even talking with a neighbor uh, yesterday uh, about that and um, with a child about that. You know, it's good when you have a project, you know, when you, when you have an assignment, some responsibility, you know, you know when you have to finish that project, you know, when you have to have uh, that done. I usually get it done better knowing when the deadline is and what the requirements are. Are. And I think that's why I like talking about death. In a way, I figured that would get everyone's attention. In a way, that is a deadline, right? Yeah, I thought you'd like that. I mean, yesterday, um, some f- teenage friends of mine were walking to uh, my house and they were on uh, Hamilton and in the corner of Hamilton and Hollywood and as they turned the corner there are police cars there and there was a body in the front yard because the owner of the house was gardening and he had a heart attack and died and so they they called him man do you know this guy I'm like no I, I didn't but that then became an immediate conversation then and when they got to the house to talk about death because it's going to happen there's no running, there's no hiding. You're, you're going to die unless Jesus returns. And unless maybe you're as righteous as Enoch, but I know you. So uh, that's out. So, sorry. So, but it's going to ha- So, but I think it's helpful to realize that we're on this mission in life. We have an assignment, we've been, we've been given this life. To steward. We've been given gifts and a calling. And and we have, in reality, a deadline. And we're living for that. We're not just aimlessly floating around in the sea of life. Just sort of doing what we want, when we want. We've been placed with certain gifts and abilities. Given the gift of life to steward. For a reason. And knowing that there is an end, knowing that there is life and death, I think is essential for each one of us to live into the fullness of the gifts that God has given us and the purpose and the meaning that He wants, that He desires, that He longs for us to live into. So this particular Sunday, Memorial Sunday, when as a nation we remember those particularly who've who've died in um, uh, the the work of the the armed forces, we also remember those who've died and uh, put themselves in harm's way and died as police officers or firefighters. But we particularly here, we have Remembrance Sunday where we remember those in the last year who have died. They, They have in a sense, now received their reward. They have reached their their deadline. They have accomplished what God has given them life for. And so we remember them and and learn from them. Because I, I think as we learn from those who've gone before us, it teaches us how to live well. Those that have gone before us have moved, we like to say, uh, or um, we've said in in history, we we move from the church militant to the church triumphant. 
And so in a little bit, we'll, we'll celebrate those who who've no, they're no longer part of the army of the Lord. They're no longer in this, this battle in this world. They're, they're not part of the church that is in, in the fray. You know, on the battlefield, they're now part of the church who is with their Lord and they are experiencing the fullness of His victory. So they're not the church in battle, they're the church victorious. And we learn from them, as we will today, how to continue to fight in the battle. How, as we've been talking about for the last several weeks, how to be brave, how to be bold, how to be strong and courageous in this life with Christ. Today, we'll learn from those who were brave even unto death. And they will pass on to us how to be brave in life and even unto death whenever that day might be. Let's pray together. Uh, Gracious God, we thank you for your written word. Uh, We thank you for your living word. We thank you for one another and how we learn from you in every way. Now, help us us to to hear from you what we need to hear from you this day that we might continue to grow in boldness and bravery for you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Our first passage is in Joshua chapter 1 verses 6 through 9 and this has been a passage that we've been saying every week that we've been in this series on on being brave, on being strong and courageous. And this this is the the passage that um, God told Israel as they're about to go into the promised land. This is the passage that you say to to remind you, to keep with you um, what all that I'm going to call you to do, be brave, be strong and courageous. So I want to ask you to stand as we say this together. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. Be strong and courageous, for you shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. From then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So our, our, our call is, is we live and as we die, as we move. One of the things I told the teenagers, well, you know, you're, today is one of their birthdays. And I said, well, now you're a, you know, a year closer to dying. And, uh, and they didn't like that. No, so I'm like, well, but hey, that, that's what it is. You know, every day you're, you're closer to that. And we have to be, you guys aren't tracking with me on liking to talk about death very much, are you? 
I, I think there, there's an issue there. So you all going to need to see Gene and talk about it. Um, but the, they were, you're closer to death. So now how, how are you going to be strong and courageous? How are you going to be brave in life as you're moving it down this pathway that you know has this end? I propose to you that at death, that occasion of death, our, our, we don't live differently than we've been living our whole life beforehand. Um, what's amazing is I consider the people that we're remembering today and uh, from uh, times that I knew them and other stories that some of you who went and, and visited with them, especially in their dying days, shared with me, is, is that what they did at death wasn't that much different than what they did in life. Uh, that it, it, um, in some ways they were more freed to even be more real you know, at that time. And, and so what you, you need to, to realize is that, that right now, you, you know, we can't choose that day. We can't choose that time. But right now, we're preparing for that day. How, how we're training now, how we're, we're digesting the Word of God, how we're supporting one another in, in community, how we're learning to praise God through every circumstance, to, to, give, to, to celebrate Jesus no matter the circumstance, how we're doing that now, how we're practicing that now, will come to fruition in that day. I remember, um, and I'll tell a few stories today about uh, events with some of the people here. I won't give their exact names. Some of you will know who they are. Some of them are even sort of compilation of stories that uh, relate to a number of people. But I remember, um, actually on a number of occasions, times when I'd go to visit folks and you'd take them communion. You know, when we, on communion, we'd go and take communion to folks uh, who are in hospitals or in their home because they're physically unable to be here. And a number of you, if you've done that, you've experienced this. Where you go and you meet somebody, they don't know who you are. They, they, they know there's a church, maybe. They have an idea of what communion is. That sometimes they'll, they might recognize the church name. I'll be sitting in the room, going through the communion service, come to the end, and I'll do the Lord's Prayer. And these people who don't know my name or where I'm from, our Father, who ought, they'll jump right in. They'll just start saying the Lord's Prayer. That they know in deeper places, in different ways than they know my name or who this church is. I remember one time with a particular individual, I was um, in there, it was in a nursing home, and I was in their room, and I was going through communion, and when I do communion, I uh, like to give them a little four or five minute synopsis of what we talked about in the scripture that day, and no, I'm not going to do that on Sunday morning with you, sorry, but I'll do it for them, and I was sitting there, and I was on a roll, man, it was good stuff, I thought, and in the middle of it, he just starts singing, great is thy faithfulness, and because that's just what comes to mind. He, he forgets a few of the words along the way, start, keeps humming, and then he'll remember just every, uh, so every word. And I, I, I stopped and worshipped with him. You know, there, there's just a, a, a sense that there's a, a depth in some of these folks that we experience, that even at the occasion of death, even as their body was failing, their mind was going, there was a sense that they'd been worshiping God for a long time, and that wasn't going to stop no matter what. 
How they had learned to be brave and bold with Jesus was going to continue even as they literally were laying on their deathbed. How you practice now. See how important it is to know that we're, we're going to die, that there is an end. We know there's, there's something that we're working for, so we're not just floating through this life. There is a purpose and an end, and how we're practicing and living and preparing for that now will be made manifest. And we can learn from those that have gone before us that how they lived prepared them for how they were to die. You want to be brave unto death? Then be brave in life for Jesus. Another example of that in in the Scriptures is in Daniel chapter 3, starting with verse uh, 16. And this is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, those are are three names I offer you as options for your children um, to come. I think that would be really cool. Um, But they're... they're, um, they were, uh, in a sense, slaves. They lived in Israel. They followed Yahweh. They followed the God of Israel. And they were in, living in Israel. And Babylon, the kingdom of Babylon came in. Nebuchadnezzar was the king. They grabbed them and a whole bunch of their friends. And they brought them as slaves into Babylon. But the, the, these guys, they worshipped Yahweh. They weren't going to worship. They were not going to follow the, the gods of this um, of Babylon. They were going to continue to follow the gods of Israel even in a foreign land. And that got them in a lot of trouble to where one point they were about to be where our passage finds them is they are on the edge of a fiery furnace because they refused to stop following Yahweh. They refused to follow the gods of Babylon. So they're going to throw them in this fiery furnace and this is their response as they're right as the flames are licking at their bodies. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to present a defense to you in this matter. If our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and out of your hand, O king, let him deliver us. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods and we will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. So how they live is how they're going to die. Worshiping the, the God um, of, uh, of Israel is the God they're going to live for and they're going to die for. I mean, it's, it's a great demonstration of faith. It's, it's an act, it's a witness to us. I mean, they, they knew that they were going to be saved, either before death or after death. They didn't know, in this occasion, whether they were going to be saved before death or after death. But they knew they were going to be saved. They knew they were going to be healed. It might have come before death. It might have come after death. That they didn't know. But they refused, even in the face of death, to live in a way contrary to the way that they knew was characterized by being strong and courageous and brave and bold in the God who created them. And so we hear and see their lives and how they were willing to die and it teaches us how to live. For some of you that are part of the family of those that have died this year, you recognize that. You see that. You see how who they were in Christ continued on even when their body was wasting away. 
I remember a number of the folks here who they were continuing to decline physically to where they were only able to stay awake, you know, maybe four or five hours a day at sporadic times. And yet, they would still celebrate. They would gather their grandchildren and they would play with them as much as they could. They would pray with them as much as they could. They would still celebrate birthdays. They would still gather at Christmas and at Easter as much as their body could allow. They refused to stop living even in the face of death. There was one situation where one of the individuals um, who was ill was pretty much uh, homebound and one of the folks from the church, who was a deacon, out of responsibility and joyous responsibility, went to go meet them and to, to visit them. They didn't know each other. And then ensued about a nine, twelve month friendship where they just hit it off. And they just talked and talked. They started making plans. They got out blueprints. They started making projects for the house. What they were going to build. What was going to happen. The garden in the back. The patio on the side. They continued to live even as they faced death. Making friends. Even though you didn't know if tomorrow was even going to come. They lived to the full even in their severely weakened states of body and mind. You can look back at them and how they died teaches us how to live. And they were still passing on the faith. They They were still multiplying the truth by sharing it with others, even if they were in their deathbed. You see this also in Acts chapter 7, verses 54 through 60. And this is Stephen. Stephen's one of the first deacons. He's the very first class of, of deacons. And, and he um, is, is preaching. He's, he's uh, sharing the, the truth of, of God's word with the people. And it gets him in a lot of trouble. There's sort of a common theme here. Um, but it gets him in a lot of trouble so much so, as we'll see here, it will lead to his death. Um, but he has just finished preaching and the crowd has gotten really angry. We don't share this story when we're asking people to be deacons. Not until after they agreed. When they heard these things, they became enraged and ground their teeth at Stephen. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he died. Ultimately, the reason we can be brave even unto death is because we know Jesus was brave even unto death. That, that he was, was faithful 
to you and to me in life and in death. I mean, this picture here of Stephen being faithful even unto death, and he sees his Lord ready to receive him. He knows even at the occasion of death that he is in the hands of his Savior and Lord. And even death will not separate him. It's, it's because at, at, at death we remember how brave Jesus was at death. And therefore we can be brave unto death because we are in his hands. I remember one time going and visiting an individual who was in his pretty much uh, by this time... Um, not getting out of bed. Um, and, and the bed had been moved into the living room. It was a hospital bed. You know, it was in the living room. So it was a bright, shiny, light colors around, windows. So the sun was coming through. And um, the, the person at this point was pretty much sleeping most of the time. And I you know, came into the room and cried their name. and said, hey, how you doing? And they sort of startled and woke up. And their, but their first words were, is this heaven? And I'm like, yeah, that's how I want to, just at an expectation. You know, that they're waking up. Oh, I'm waking up. What am I going to see now? And of course I had to say, sorry to disappoint, but it's just me. <laughs> but that, that expectation that we all have in Jesus, that, that to live is Christ, but to die is gain, as the Apostle Paul said. See it in some others in their realization that even though they aren't able to do much anymore, they're able to change the world because God has granted to all of us that power to change the world. In a sense, God shares His power with us through prayer. And, and so if you can pray, if you can talk to God, then God invites us to engage with Him in changing the world in the power of God. Marvelous and crazy as, as that is, that's what we know, it's what we experience. And folks who are dying can continue to change the world boldly, bravely through prayer. And there's one of the folks on this uh, um, list who would regularly, I mean, not that often, but regularly would write me a note just to say, I'm praying for you. Thank you. And, and I can remember one note from them that was, you know, it, it's, you can tell that they're just losing their capacities. The, the, the letters are real jagged, you know, and... and not very, uh, not very big, but they're just writing to say, thank you for your ministry and I'm praying for you. And another time, it was even in the hand of another person. Probably a, another family member who they just had uh, asked them to write a card. How they lived is how they died. How they lived boldly is how they died boldly. Con continuing to, to live according to the mission that God had given them. And how humbling it was 
for me and is for me to receive that note of someone who's bound to their bed to say, I'm still changing the world by praying for you, for the church, and for others. Because they knew Jesus was faithful. Jesus was powerful. Jesus was brave unto death. And so they could be too. So how you live now is how you'll die. You're you're preparing to die well. Continue down the path of being strong and courageous, faithful, brave, and bold, even unto death. Know this, that you're a witness. You're a witness to, to others in how you face death and how you address death for yourself and for others. You're, you're a witness to those that know Christ and those that don't. But ultimately, we celebrate that Jesus will receive us in death just like He did with Stephen. He, he will receive us at that occasion of death. And we celebrate that. We look forward to that. And we celebrate that as we call out these names. As we maybe imagine what that kind of reunion is with those who've gone before us, who now are with their Lord and Savior in a heavenly reunion. As Jesus is brave unto death, so those that have gone before us are brave unto death. May we be brave unto death too. Amen.